If you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. We are in, well, it's like number part 3. Math challenged this morning. Part 3 of a series called The Year of the Lord's Favor and uh, kind of working our way through this little mission statement of Jesus right there at the beginning. And I want to, again, I think he was in the first service, but thank Philip Posey for preaching last week. Did a great job sharing about preaching good news to the poor. This week we're going to be talking about freedom for the prisoners. And this is kind of a part one, two thing with sight for the blind being next week. So that's kind of what we're doing these next next couple of weeks. And then uh, jumping into another little piece on the mission of the church called Power From On High, then the, the following week, Lord willing, on all of that. So let's just read the scriptures together. Everybody doing okay? Yes. Got parents with babies, we've got high school, wonderful yeah. teenagers, <laughs> we've got, um, we've just got all different kinds of people in here. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Trying to figure out where I'm going. Help me, Lord. Okay, so Jesus is in the synagogue at Nazareth, and he's reading from the scroll Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, blessing being poured out. Then he rolled the scroll up and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, surely you'll quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your own hometown what we heard you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine in the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and they took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Now, interesting little response there. We'll get into that in just a minute. But uh, we're taking this thing a step further today and talking about the freedom piece. And it's, it's like this message is uh, we're talking about several different things that are the message of Jesus, the mission of Jesus. But I want to just be real clear up front that this is about Jesus Christ. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. This thing is about Him. It's about the grace that comes to us through Jesus. Okay, so it's, the, there's not, it's not unclear, even as we're talking about freedom, we don't talk about freedom disconnected from Jesus. We don't talk about sight for the blind disconnected from Jesus. We're going to just hammer lovingly hammer that home uh, today. And so it's like the passage that we read a few weeks ago from Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions 
<laughs> see if I can read it without my glasses. And uh, to live godly lives in the present age while uh, we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all the wickedness and to purify us, to be a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So it's about Jesus, that grace that comes through Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. And specifically, though, today, freedom for the prisoners. Now, I'm going to want to kind of frame this in a way today, the freedom for the prisoners message, where we kind of realize that, man, I've been brought into this, but I'm also still being brought into it in fullness. I am not done in terms of my journey of fullness and freedom in life, if that makes sense. That's a good way of saying it. I'm not, I'm not done, and nobody else is. So it's like, we sing a song here, Jeremy leads it some, uh, what's the name of it? Um, Your Grace Finds Me, that, that Matt Redman song, Your Grace Finds Me. And, um, he, and toward the end of the song it goes, it's the same for the saints and for the sinners. Your grace finds me. Okay, so, so you don't start with grace and then kind of make it some other way, if that makes sense. So it's, it's grace from the beginning to the middle to the end. It's grace all along the way. So in this message about freedom, as a sinner, I mean, I remember what it was like, you know, just to be radically saved out of bondage and brokenness, pain in my own story, out of addiction, you know, but I need to also remember what it's like as a saint to be brought into greater levels of freedom as well. This is where it's one of those messages where it could get quiet, I guess, a little bit because I'm really trying to pull everybody in on this. So as saints, we keep getting brought into greater levels of freedom. It's things like being saved out of religion or kind of performance orientation where you're just kind of working your way, gritting your teeth, and that, you know, that, that kind of uh, judgment of others, self-righteousness. The, uh, amen. You know, it's like, wow, that's a big one, right? I've got it going on. You know, it's a journey. All, freedom and worship, I mean, that was a big one for us. It was just freedom and just being able to worship God with abandonment, you know? Just, I, I want to keep growing in that grace. That's a big, important one. And so... It's good news about what God has done, is doing, and will continue to do in our lives. Does that make sense? So it's, we're, all, we're all in on this thing. And it's a journey. It's like Lazarus gets raised from the dead, and he's standing there in grave clothes and has to have help so that he can walk into the rest of his new life, right? And that's like us. You know, we get raised from the dead in Christ born again, and just everything's new, but we're not all the way done yet. We're, we're, we're still a work in progress. You know, There's so much freedom there still to be experienced. And uh, it is not the will of God for God's children, it's not God's will for His children to be slaves to sin. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not God's will for us to be slaves to the devil, amen. oppressed by demons, just walking around, it's not God's will for us to be uh, like religiously judgmental, you know. That's, there's, a kind of, there's a kind of religion that's good and there's a kind of religion that's like not good, you know, where you're, it's, it's just you're judging people and you're putting people down and, you know, you, you do the things that you can do good and you feel good about that and then you judge somebody else for, you know, they don't do your stuff as well as you do it and so you judge them for it. So 
There's that kind of thing that's not good. And I want to pull us all into this thing because God wants us to live lives that are free from fear. Fear of man. Anybody just deal with that one in the last few minutes? (laughs) Um, I have. Um, It's an ongoing journey. (laughs) He wants us to live lives that are free from anxiety and depression and just the stuff that just like gets on us and we you know we get in certain situations and we just just shut down it's like a little prison that we're living in you know god wants us to be free uh free from condemnation free from uh just uh, unforgiveness those kinds of those kinds of things uh hopelessness and all the i am nots you know, we talk about this a lot around here, but the I am not, it's like I'm not that, that voice that we hear, I'm not fill in the blank, you know, I'm not loved, I'm not secure, I'm not safe, I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not whatever enough, and all of those things just become, it's like it locks us up and keeps us from being, living the full life abundant that God's calling us to, to live in and that, that whole bit. And sometimes it's just lies that we believe. Yeah. You know, because really a lot of the a lot of the stuff about the way the enemy works on us, it's not new. Like, wow, he came up with something really original for you. Yeah. Just the same old same old stuff, right? Same old, you know, deal. And so it's the, the lie that my marriage is never gonna be any better. You know? And when the truth is, my marriage is to be a shadow and a, a, a type of the heavenly reality of Christ in the church. And so, my marriage is never going to be any better. That's a lie. My marriage is going to keep getting better and better until the day we die. You know? Or it could be about debt. Or it could be about, you know, just having the fear that I'm always missing out on something. I'm, I'm not, I've just got to do more. I've got to have more experiences. I've got to, my children have to do more. I have to, all this stuff, you know, gets, gets worked up in us. Or even the fear of death itself. Jesus, here's the main thing. Jesus is calling us to freedom in our lives and to proclaim freedom to the world around us. He wants us experiencing something that we can actually share with other people because we're experiencing freedom in a measure and we want to be able to express that and preach that and proclaim that to others. And so, uh, you know, one of the things I did, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, hit on this as we go through these, these couple of points here, but I was just like, Lord, show me how you're talking about freedom in the Gospel of Luke. Show me how you're proclaiming freedom, which is actually pretty, that's a pretty fun thing. If somebody wants to just go read Luke and just look for where is Jesus proclaiming freedom? Because he's promised that's his mission and that's what he's doing. So go read Luke and look for where is Jesus proclaiming freedom? Some of it, it's obvious. Demons, casting out demons, you know, power over illness, nature, all that kind of stuff. Some of it's not as obvious. We'll touch on one of those in just a minute. But let's look at these three things. First of all, Jesus' mission of proclaiming freedom. We need to know, number one, who has the authority. Who has the authority? So, uh, do you know why it's important to know who has the authority? Like, can you actually, 
Can somebody be set free if somebody doesn't have the authority to set them free? So imagine I'm driving down 45, going to Houston. Love going down to Houston. <laughs> I've lived there twice for any, any, any Houstonites. Lived there twice. 45 has been under construction my entire lifetime. Some people are trying to add that high calculator. It's been, it's been under construction forever. Like, it just, like when I was a, uh, I'm digressing. So, but if you're going down toward Houston, there's a, there's a town called Huntsville. And there's a state penitentiary there. You look off, you just see it's right there. It's like, ah, and like, right there. And they have all the don't pick up the hitchhiker signs as you're driving through Huntsville. I, they don't need that for me on that particular stretch of road. <laughs> Finish the story, right? So I walk up, I pull into the parking lot at Huntsville State Penitentiary, and I walk right up to the main gate. Just, just go for it. And I said, I'm just pretending, right? Imagine. And I say, I now proclaim that all of these prisoners are free. They're free right now. At which point, the guns come out, the handcuffs, I'm face down on the concrete, you know, whatever. I don't have the authority to proclaim prisoners free down at Huntsville State Penitentiary. So you need somebody that can proclaim that freedom, and that person is Jesus. So here's what happened. Back in the garden, man had before the fall, man had been given authority to rule on the earth. Let them rule over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. Let them rule on the earth. But it was supposed to be a rule that, that exercised God's authority through man as his regents and as his ambassador, as his representative on the earth. That's the way it was supposed to work. But man gave up his authority to the devil, to, to Satan. And so then this whole, you know, the story of fallen mankind is the story of mankind under the rule and under the, under the thumb of the devil, you know? And so Jesus Christ comes onto the scene to take back that authority, okay? So, so he, he uh, lives this life of complete dependence on God. The way man was intended to live, he does that perfectly. He reestablishes God's image in a man. He reestablishes God's authority. He reestablishes God's life. He reestablishes the, the capacity to multiply that life on the earth. All of that stuff's happening in Jesus Christ coming, living this life, but then dying the death that takes care of our old life. It puts our old life into the grave. Okay, so that right there is the basis for deliverance and freedom. It's also him being raised again from the dead is the basis for authority. He now is authority, has authority over death, the keys of death. He has authority over the devil. And so he's able to say before he ascends to the Father, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me and now I want you in my name to go. To go and to proclaim good news and to, you know, do what I've been doing, which is to stop the influence of the devil on the earth, to proclaim the victory that I've won uh, on the cross and through the resurrection and the ascension, to proclaim that victory to the world uh, around us. 
Okay, so that's what's going on here as this, you see it in the life of Jesus. It makes, it makes sense then for him going out in the rest of the Gospel of Luke. You see what he's doing, well, he's proclaiming freedom. He's exercising that authority under God as a man on the earth, and he's showing us what that authority looks like to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Does that make sense? Somebody understands that. It's the, the centurion in Luke chapter 7. The centurion has a son who's sick and says, Jesus, can you heal my son? And he says, well, let's go. And he says, no, you don't have to go. You don't have to actually go with me. I'm a man under authority, and I exercise authority. I say, go to a guy, and he goes. Stay, and he stays. He says, "All you, you have authority. All you have to do is give the word, boom, and it's done. And Jesus is like, wow. Okay, this, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. That is understanding authority. And, you know, it, it doesn't even mean that things always work out just because we have authority to walk in the name and the power and the authority of Jesus. Things don't always work out exactly like we would like. We're, we live in this in-between time where the kingdoms come and we're still longing for it to come in fullness. And so, uh, I mean, even John the Baptist, I mean, the one guy who's in a jail, who is a prisoner is not let out of that jail. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? All these people have been set free from the power of the devil, demons, cast out, illnesses, all that stuff. And John's like, this isn't working out like what I thought it was going to work out, you know, how, how it was going to be. And uh, it's, it's hard for him. But there is a key for us to understand about Jesus having authority over Everything that binds us and imprisons us, we've got to see that so that we can exercise that authority in our lives. Just straight up. Who has the authority? That's a big deal. The second piece is who needs the message. Now, if we're confused on this, we'll think it's just somebody over there, out there somewhere, that's really, like, really messed up, you know, those really messed up people. And so they're the ones that need this message. And I just... Just in reading through Luke, I mean, some of it's easy to see. Demons being cast out. Peter says, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. You know, he's not, he's not hiding it. He knows he's messed up. But there's other times it's a little harder, you know, it's, it's a little harder to see. Um, the people of Nazareth, look there at the end of that story. That's why I read it today. You know, the people of Nazareth, they like him at first, so what would their, what is Jesus, what message of freedom is he proclaiming to them? Think about that. He's proclaiming a message of freedom to them. They're locked up. They don't know it. So how are they locked up? How are they in bondage? They're in bondage to the idea that the salvation that comes from God is just for them and it's not for those people out there. For the Gentiles, for the Syrians. For Naaman, you know, for the Syrians, or for the widow from Zarephath in, in Sidon. Does that make sense? So that's the bondage. That, they've got a bondage. And it's a religious bondage that's hindering them from seeing how good the good news really is of God. And that's some version of that is usually how it works. Is that when we start getting under the religious thing, it's like we don't believe, we don't want to believe that the good news is as good as the good news is. Okay? What? Uh, so the, let, me, uh, 
I'll just share a couple little stories. I've got a this freedom thing. It's it's more expansive than 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 what we we want to just characterize freedom as something I was del, you know delivered out of, or maybe it's the some kind of uh, one issue kind of. Th- it's not just one issue. It's not just you know drugs or alcohol or food or you know it's it's more our internal self. It's who we are. It's fears and just it's we are complicated. Oh my goodness. We were complicated people, you know, and so what I'm trying to say is there's more layers that God wants to bring us, just bring us, more stuff he wants to bring us into. Uh, One of my mentors, John Brown from Georgia, Atlanta, uh, told a story. Uh, He was about to go to China. This is, he was real involved with the underground church in China, and this is back in 1980, 1980. The country just had opened up, and he had gotten uh, the ability to get into the country, they were doing Bibles, you know, bringing uh, hidden Bibles and all that kind of stuff, and crazy stories. But he got a prophetic word from a guy right before he went, and the word went something like this. When you're there, John, the Lord says to you, he wants you to know that you're going to be walking on the Great Wall of China. You'll be in a group, you'll walk away from the group, and suddenly you'll find a stairway leading down the side of the Great Wall. You'll go down halfway, and you're to sit on the, on the stair and look into the wall and there you will see more than you've ever seen in your life. It's a pretty cool word. Sure enough, he gets there, he's walking in a group, breaks away from the group and finds a, 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 some stairway, a stair, stairs going down the side of the Great Wall of China. Walks down halfway, sits down and he sees a hole in the wall and he looks into the hole in the wall and the Lord gave him a revelation about the kingdom of God. And, and it was more than, more than he'd ever seen, you know, and uh, the kingdom. And that's, that's kind of like this message about freedom. It's like, you know, you want to, if we were to look into the wall, just if you look at freedom like this and look into it and look, and what you see is that it's a, not just a little hole, it's, a, it's the Teton Mountains, it's a panoramic vista of freedom that God wants to lead us deeper. It's the kingdom of God. And it's, it's progressive in understanding, progressive in our, our ability to absorb it, you know, and how good it really, really, really is. One of the things John also, he, you know, he's specific calling. He told me all these years ago, 20 plus years ago, said, yes, I'm, I'm called to preach the gospel to the American church. I thought it was going to be a little bit funnier than that. <laughs> but if you knew John, it actually wouldn't be that funny because it's pretty heavy. <laughs> because he really believes that, you know, American church needs to hear the gospel. I do too. Uh, we need to hear the gospel again and again in a way that impacts us and doesn't let us just live a mundane, average, ordinary kind of existence. That we're, we're literally brought from one kingdom into another kingdom, from darkness into light. And it, it, it can't have any other effect but to radically impact every single part of our lives. And so he had this vision one time of, of, uh, of, of America being like, uh, maybe even the church in America, that might be more specific, but being like a, a prison camp, like a concentration camp that was being run by the devil. And the deal was, nobody knew that it was a concentration camp. So everybody's just walking around, you know, just, uh, and just kind of lines back and forth, just doing the same thing over and over again. And nobody knew that they were, just thought it was normal. 
just normal kind of kind of life, you know. And that's it's like I don't know. There's a there's a waking up, like wake up, oh sleeper, on this message about about freedom that we've got to digest, you know, a bit of that because it's like we don't think that it really applies to me. I do that sometimes. I'm just rocking along doing my thing and think, man, I don't think about it. Is there more freedom I need to be walking in? Uh, back when uh, the Bushers first came to kind of help us get a listening prayer ministry going here at Christ Fellowship, which is kind of a freedom uh, type of prayer ministry, uh, there was, the week was all filled up. You remember this? The week was all filled up. And uh, somebody canceled at the last minute. And I, I had been given an opportunity to sign up, but I didn't for whatever reason. Maybe feeling like, you know, I'm free. I don't <laughs> I, You know, so, so on Friday, somebody canceled at the last minute. And they said, well, hey, Jamie, you can get, you can get in there. You wanna... And I was feeling a little bit of pressure. You know, like, you know, kind of, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I need some, need some freedom. But, so I go in there, and I mean, we're not in there. Five minutes, and he's, we wait on the Lord, what's Jesus saying to you? And, and like, some stuff comes up that I needed to deal with, you know? Just, it was a relational thing with, with uh, my mom. Um, <laughs> it's a relational thing. And I, I love my mom. I totally love my mom. But it was like this thing that, that I had not thought about, and I mentioned it to Kim. She goes, oh, yeah, she talks, we, we talk about that every single time we get together. This one, this one thing that, and, and then when I thought about it, it's like, that could be negatively affecting me because just the way, it, I mean, it's not a real positive thing. And uh, so, um, prayed, came out of that prayer time, and I was experiencing more liberty, you know, more freedom just by just kind of going through that, that, that process of kind of getting aware. And I totally believe Jesus can set me free of anything. Um, but what happens is, it's are we going to trust the Lord for this freedom? Are we going to just kind of do it in the strength of Kristen or Paul or you know Maria? We're going to do it in our own strength, right? So you can have uh, this is something from Laura the other day we were talking. She goes, you know, really you can have positively programmed flesh where you're really totally functioning in the power of your flesh, but it's just, you look good, you're doing things right, it's all... And you can have negatively programmed flesh, which is like everybody knows that there's, there's, there's some issues, there's some problems here, it's, it's, not, it's not concealed, it's like they got some stuff. And, but the deal is, either way, it's not living in dependence upon the Lord. You know, so either way, it's the tree of the... Not, it's the wrong tree. Either way. And it just it looks good over here, and you can do that for a while, you know. And then finally, you're looking good, looking good, because you're not living from a living water, life, Holy Spirit flowing inside of you. But you're over here, and you're just you're propping it up. And it's just all shiny and happy and porcelain. And and then and one day, it just you know, and just freezes up because it just you can't you can only go so long in your own strength, right? So, man, we want this freedom. We want what Jesus brings. We want what He wants to, to give to us. And, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of times when He brings the freedom, you know, we, um, 
One of the things that happened, you know, you see happening in Luke over and over again, he brings freedom to people, and then the religious people get upset because he's bringing freedom to people because he's not doing it at the time or the place or how they think it should be done. There's rules and laws, Sabbath in particular, you know, and so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a problem. So uh, this, this is a, a progressive message here of freedom in our lives that, you know, I, I experienced it at one level when I came to the Lord at 22. And I've been experiencing different kinds of deeper kinds of wholeness, freedom, down through the years, fears, fear of man. You know, and it's really practical because our temptation is going to be to think that we don't need it. And that's why I'm, I know it's kind of quiet, stuff, but I'm just pulling everybody in. Where temptation is to think, I don't, I don't need this. And so we, we loop in broken areas of our lives thinking that it can't get any better. It could be something about my marriage. You know, that would be a lie from the enemy. You know, my marriage can't get any better. Or this situation with my kids or the situation with debt you know, financial bondage, those kinds of things can't get any better. And Jesus wants to bring us into a fullness of, of, of health and healing and freedom, even in the areas that are less noticeable than the biggies. You know, whatever we would say is, you know, porn addiction or alcohol addiction or drugs or something that's like an obvious thing. God's wanting to bring us into freedom about not judging people about loving people, freedom in loving people, and, and, and dealing with the things that hinder us from being open in our love for others, being open in our grace that we give and forgive and love and all of that. So here's the last piece. That's who needs the message. That's all of us. And then the last thing is we need to know that God wants people to be free. God really wants this. It's something, it's like, uh, I'm saying it like that because I want just my burden here, my heart, is that, that you would believe it. That you would, that you would believe it. and not, it's, not, it's not okay to just, just stay in this kind of level of existence. Um, you know, we know down deep inside of us, in our innermost being, that we are made for more than what we're currently experiencing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, and I, I didn't, it's not a new idea. That's, it's in your spirit. I mean, it's God made. And so there's things in our world that touch on things that are God things that are right on. You know, so like when a success genre, that literature is calling people up to more, it's touching on something. It's the fact that we were made to be in the image of Christ. We know that we were made for more. We know that we were made for more. And so we hear that and it kind of touches on that. It's like uh, the parable of the chicken and the eagle. Anybody ever heard this? Parable of the chicken and the eagle. One, two. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess it up. So, but here we go. So there's like, uh, there's, <laughs> there's a chicken. <laughs> there's, there's an eagle. <laughs> Okay, so there's this eagle. He's a little baby eagle. He's up in his nest. And he, somehow he falls out of his nest down into the, where there's a farmer. <laughs> and of course he does. 
And so he, he, the farmer takes him in and he puts him in the chicken yard. And the eagle doesn't know he's an eagle, though. So he starts growing up living like a, a chicken. So he walks around, picks up the little rocks and looks around, you know, and does the thing that chickens, <laughs> chickens do. And uh, by the way, y'all are getting better stuff right now. This first service didn't get this at all. So this is the upgrade. Upgrade. And so he's, uh, the, the eagle learns to just live like, life like a chicken. And basically, some other eagle eventually, he's looking up, he's wanting to be able to fly and soar like that, but he, he knows he's a chicken. He's got that kind of existence. And so eventually, a, another eagle comes, comes down and tells him, and he gets to fly, and he goes soaring. I'm cutting through the story. It's probably could be told better some other way. But the point is that God made us to be like eagles. And, and to soar and to fly. And so what happens is we know there's this longing for something more and when all we're doing is in a little chicken coop kind of picking out a meager existence with our heads down, when God made us to look to Him and to soar, we, there's that longing that's there, right? And so Jesus comes and through His life and ministry and death on the cross, He deals with us. He deals with our brokenness. He deals with the fact that, that, that apart from Him, all we could ever do is just kind of peck out a meager kind of existence. He deals with Adam. For we know that our old self was crucified with Christ on the cross. And that's the basis of freedom. You know, is that you think you're in bondage, you're in addiction to something, you can never get out of it. Jesus dealt with that. All that old stuff. He took that to the grave and was raised from the dead by the power of God, and includes us in His life through faith. And so we get to participate in this new life. Now we're, we're in between, and we still walk around in this body, but we get to participate in that new life by faith. It's a life of freedom. It's a life of wholeness. It's a life that matters, and that makes a difference in the world around us. God wants people to be free. And so Jesus shows us, He goes around breaking the power of the devil, of Satan in people's lives. This woman in Luke chapter 13, bound for 18 years by the power of Satan. He says it point blank. She was bound by the power of Satan for 18 years, but now she's free. Okay, so that's what He wants to do in us. He wants to bring that, that word to us, set us free from the idolatry of self, from the power of religion. You know, it's... As you read the Gospel of Luke, it's hard not to be impacted by how much religion is coming against him. It's almost like part of the good news is that it overcomes the power of religion in our lives. You know, it's not just that we're religious. Every culture around the world is religious. Everybody's figured out some way of some, something we're doing to try to make us right with something out there, you know, whether it's Hindu... Islam, you know, religious versions of Christianity that are just legal as they can be, when Jesus wants to set us free, absolutely free, and bring us into life, life full and abundant and good. And, and He says to us, as the Father sent me, He's calling us to share that freedom, that message, that mission with other people. It is for freedom that Christ sets you free. Okay, so it's to walk in freedom. I was, again, talking with Laura the other day. We were having a conversation about 
freedom and this kind of ministry. And one of the things that she brought up, she said, you know, I think one of the key areas is in, in walking into freedom is everyone knowing that they have an ability to hear God. It's one of the main lies that the enemy brings to us is that you can't hear God. When Jesus is like straight up, I'm speaking, I'm the shepherd, I'm speaking to you. If you'll listen, you'll hear me. You know, you'll, you'll hear this word of affirmation and love and to follow me. You know? And so one of the main areas, this, this lie about our, our freedom is that we can't, we can't hear. And it's important for all of us to know this that you guys, the enemy is not creative in the lies that he's telling. Okay, so again, Laura was saying all the just all this ministry that's happened down through all these years. She's a counselor as well, and and just she goes, I'm just I never stop being surprised at how much the enemy just tells the same lies over and over and over again. And we, we, we hear those lies and we go, you're the most uniquely messed up individual in all the world. Nobody's going through anything like you're going through, like I'm going through. Nobody's experiencing this like I am. And that's a lie from the enemy. You know, even that is a lie. That we're experiencing something that's different than what, you know, our deal is that we're humans. And so he uses the same basic kind of stuff. You know, you're not good enough. All the, the I'm nots and all that stuff to try to get us off track. It's freeing up. It's freeing to know that we're, we're not alone. Um, and so practically, let me just give you some practical help on, on how to uh, walk in more freedom. We've got listening prayer, sign-up sheets in the, in the lobby on the, at the hub, uh, there in the, in the main room. And because sometimes, I'm going to walk through this just quickly here, and sometimes we just can't... We can't uh, maybe do some of this on our own. We, get, we need some help. So guard your heart is the main thing because our heart is like a gate for the Spirit of God. It's like, it's like we, if it gets hard and, uh, over some issues, we don't, we don't let the life of God in us flow. You know? And so guard your heart because from it flows the springs of life. And so we want to develop a proactive lifestyle. You know, a proactive lifestyle where we invite Jesus into all the moments of the day. Go ahead. And we say, Jesus, just when we experience anxiety or tension or we're anger or all these different kinds of things, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying right now? Invite him into that moment. Father, what is your heart for me right now in this? What does my heart need to hear from you? And so respond quickly when triggered. Turn to Jesus. Ask. And then these five R's are really important. The first one, recognize and humbly admit any lie or action that you need to take to follow his lead. Forgive people, bless them when stuff comes up, issues, conflicts that have been unresolved, anger stuff. Just recognize it. Renounce the lie and, and, uh, in partnership with the enemy. And then repent for partnering with the enemy. So you've got all this stuff. This, this is happening. You, you recognize it. Wow, I see that. And then I, I, want to, I want to renounce that lie and I want to repent and turn to the Lord. And then replace, uh, receive, uh, replace the lie with an exchange. Receive an exchange. That's where 
Lord, how do you feel about me? How do you feel about this person? You know, and just receive the truth. It might be a scripture, it might be a word, something that the Lord would be saying to you. And then rejoice in what He's given you because instead of a lie now, you don't want just emptiness there. You want to receive that and it be something that's true and solid. Instead of believing a lie, I'm going to believe the truth about who God is. It's, he said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. I am the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So declare it over your life. Declare that truth over your life. Rejoice in it. Thank Him. Worship Him. Unpack it with Him. All of that. Now, I keep that sheet on my desk and on my computer and on my phone because I want to be able to work that out in my life in an ongoing way when stuff comes up. But, you know, you can do the same, and it's on the website as of this afternoon. You can download it, uh, that Tending Your Heart page. But you may also may need some help somebody in life group to walk that through with you, or somebody in the listening prayer ministry to walk that through with you. All of those are options for walking in greater freedom. I'll finish it like this today, and then we're going to have just a little bit of ministry and respond to the Lord. But Peter is kind of summing up the ministry of Jesus in Acts chapter 10. He's preaching to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, and he says, he says, uh, for you know the message of God that was sent to the people of Israel, telling them the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened in Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with Him. Now, this message about freedom, you guys, it's not on the periphery. It's not on the, the edge of, well, I just don't know if this is something we really need to be spending. Like, it's absolutely core to walking on with God. You know, this, this thing about healing all who are under the power of the devil, that's a great way of summing up what Jesus came to do. That's what Peter does here. He says that's what Jesus came to do, was to get people set free from the power of Satan in our lives. So that's, man, that's good news. That's good news for us. Freedom. For the prisoners, whether that's I've never met Jesus or whether that's I've walked with Jesus some, but I want to walk in greater freedom. What does the year of the Lord's favor look like? It looks like people walking in freedom. Yeah, right? Freedom. Paint your face or something. So reference to... Uh, uh, some of those. <laughs> Just keep going. So the message of grace, it's, it's, it's all about Jesus. It's found in Him, and it's a message of joy. I was trying to imagine what do people look like that are being really set free. And just think about it. Somebody's coming out of jail. They got out early. They were in jail. They're supposed to be in jail for a long time, but they got out early. They're like, yes! And they're happy. They're happy. They're free. You know, I remember what it felt like to be in bondage and then meet Jesus and then experience freedom. You know, it's, it's awesome. So, you know, it's... Uh, but I, I want to say this too, because <clears throat> in the ministry, in the first service, Julia Keys came up and she had a word. And she said her mom, for years, worked with women coming out of prison. And they were happy to be out of prison, but what they quickly experienced was they didn't know how to walk in freedom. They didn't know how to live a free life, and so they, they would even confess, I, I kind of want to go back. You know, Chad and I knew somebody that talked about the glory days of being in, in prison because he had so much community. So the deal is, we need people to walk with us 
to help us figure this life of freedom out together. Somebody just to meet with. Just all these years of just meeting, talking, Jeremy and I, it just, it's good. It helps us. Help greater measures of freedom for both of us. So you do it life on life like that. You do it in life group. You know, that's, what, that's, that's how we order things around here. But it's a message that we need to experience. God wants us to experience it, but then also share it with others. You can be free through Jesus Christ. And your family can be free through Jesus Christ. This city can be free through Jesus Christ. This nation and the nations of the earth. 